I'm Jacob Lewis, and you're listening to Neighbors. When I was younger, my dad had a financial planner. He came over to our house one day. He showed up in a suit with a briefcase. He seemed, you know, like a real stiff guy. They sat at the dining room table, talked about equity and stocks. And when they were done, he closed his briefcase, and the whole family followed him out to the porch to say goodbye. As he was walking away, he stopped, bent down, and looked at a flower growing in the grass. He motioned me over and invited me to look. Then he picked it and he handed it to me and he said, Jacob, never ever lose your sense of wonder. And although he was wearing a suit, he had this look of deep knowing in his eyes. Today, I have for you less of a story and more of a meditation. A meditation I'm calling The Pace of Wonder. And where else would we start but with Carl Sagan? There once was a time before television, before motion pictures, before radio, before books. The greatest part of human existence was spent in such a time. And then, over the dying embers of the campfire, on a moonless night, we watched the stars. Up in the sky are these great keepers of time called stars. They march onward every night faithfully at their own pace. 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 That's the first word I think of when I think of my friend Barclay. He came over to my house to catch up, have some coffee one morning. He's a guy who told me once he just likes to pick up an old book and hold it in his hands for a while, just sitting there. He's wearing suspenders and has a little musketeer mustache. Before our conversation turned to the stars, we were talking about movies and how when you watch a movie that was made from a book, it can give you images that overpower your own. It can steal from you. I understand what it feels like to not want to be robbed. He takes a sip of his coffee and tells me about a time when he felt robbed. Robbed of his full imagination. When I was 25 years old, traveled the uh, country in a van and found myself in pitch blackness regularly. And as I looked up, I saw a lot more stars than I uh, normally had seen. And felt like I wanted to learn the constellations that were above me. And uh, so I got an astronomy book and, and uh, started going through it and finding my location, looking up and, and naming uh, constellations. And uh, at first I was kind of excited. And when I say at first, I mean more like for a day or a night. Uh, I probably named four, five, six constellations, discovered them or learned of them. And the one that always sticks out of my head was the Great Square of Pegasus, which is a portion of a horse that continues on through the sky, but the square is what was most noticeable. And, uh, and I, you know, I thought, oh, wow, the Great Square of Pegasus. Um, I'm learning about astronomy. This is great, you know, I'm adding to my life. Um, but then I think it was probably the next night that I just happened to gaze up at the sky and I saw 
right away the great square of Pegasus. And it took up, like, it felt like to me a quarter of the sky, even more. It seemed like it was the only thing I could see every time I looked up was the great square of Pegasus. And because it took up so much of my sky, it took away, it felt like to me, that much of my, um, um, like, ability to imagine, uh, you know, create my own constellations in my head, enjoy my own sky. And I closed that astronomy book and I never opened it up again, at least on that four-month trip through the country because I no longer wanted to steal away from me my own imaginings, my own life. Some people think these things are really in the night sky, but we put these pictures there ourselves. We were hunter folk, so we put hunters and dogs, lions and young women up in the skies. All manner of things of interest to us. When 17th century European sailors first saw the southern skies, they put all sorts of things of 17th century interest up there, microscopes and telescopes, compasses and the sterns of ships. If the constellations had been named in the 20th century, I suppose we'd put their refrigerators and bicycles, rock stars, maybe even mushroom clouds. A new set of human hopes and fears placed among the stars. A life deserves to exist with some preserved portions that are uh, set aside for the wonder aspect of it. Hey, uh, I'm standing out uh, on my parents' 40 acres in Missouri right now. Um, it's Thanksgiving Day, and I'm, I'm just looking up at the sky and Man, it's just, you know, living in the city, I don't really get to see the sky like this. It's just gorgeous. And I have no idea which one is the Great Square Pegasus. And I, I, I see, like, several spots where, you know, a giant square could be formed. I'm thinking the one I'm looking at right now is probably it because it does feel like it takes up half the sky. Um, But I think I get it. I've been thinking about Barclay's story for like half a year now and I think I get it. I think I just understand that it's about pace. It's it's, It's the pace that you feel most comfortable at learning. And I don't think there needs to be any real rush with with anything. It's beautiful. There's so many stars. I don't want just four. So pace, look up, 
hey, I, I'm all into freedom right now. Nobody's taking my sky away from me. Close the book. 25 years later, you know, I look up at the sky and I'm like, what the heck is that? You know, what star is that? Hey, what what constellation is that a part of? Now I've sort of grown into a willingness to to learn. I've gotten plenty of sky uh, the way I wanted it. You have to learn some structure or something, but just how much structure do you need and still remain childlike and see things almost as if you've seen them for the first time again. How do you preserve that little slice, you know, that's always, you know, still holds a little bit of thrill. I think that's what the whole astronomy thing was. I still wanted to get the same thrill out of this guy, and I wasn't prepared uh, for that being taken from me, robbed from me, so quickly by just looking at one image on a page, looking up at the sky, connecting those images, being excited, and then realizing, what have I done to my sky? I've changed it. It's not the same sky anymore. It just kind of told me, just beware. Special thanks to Tasha A.F. Limley for help editing that story. You can listen at NeighborsPodcast.com or subscribe in iTunes. You know, I'd love to know what you think of the show. Leave me a review in iTunes. I'm Jacob Lewis. The holidays are here. And what could be a better time than now to get to know your neighbors?